You are listening to The Building Code, a podcast by Builder Trend, where we talk all things technology and construction. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode where you can find out how to be a part of The Building Code crew. Let's get it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode in our regional series looking back at 2020 and the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, today we are uh, happy to welcome Matt Kowalski from Kowalski Kitchen and Bath in Wisconsin. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us. You know, we sent out a, uh, a request to a number of different clients and you were graciously got back to us and said you'd hop on. So we really appreciate that. Again, the, the idea is, is that we want to get an idea about all of our clients' unique experience with this once in a lifetime pandemic. You know, one of the things that's really great about construction is that, uh, you know, the, the downturn of 2008 and like these cycles happen to this industry. So in some ways, I think sure. that many people who own a business are sort of used to, you know, uh, thinking on their feet, but this thing is maybe a different level. <laughs> so we definitely want to get into that yeah. and just understand how you and your team um, dealt with it and, and just any, any sort of like um, lessons learned, obviously. But first, I think it's great for anybody who's listening to hear about you. So can you kind of give us the the rundown of your business uh, and just sort of the high level, what you guys do? Sure. Yeah, we're a design build company uh, based out of Delafield, Wisconsin, uh, like 20 miles west of Milwaukee, um, in between Milwaukee and Madison. So um, focused on kitchens, baths, um, additions, and things like that. Mm -hmm. we got a staff of tw 24 um, wow. and it's a really, really good team. Um, all super passionate, talented. So, so it's a, it's a fun environment to work in. So how long have you guys been doing this? Well, that's a good question. I, you know, my dad was, was, uh, involved in this business, um, his whole life. So I've been around it my, uh, my entire life. Um, so, you know, from a, from, I've been surrounded by it, you know, from a very young age. So, yeah. So did you, did you, long time, did your dad start Kowalski, uh, kitchen and bath or did you? Well, that, that's, that's a good question. Um, he started, he had a similar business, uh, it's called Kowalski design studio. Um, and it, it, 60% of that was, uh, commercial and, and residential flooring along mm -hmm. with the rest being remodeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, 2006, 2007 happened, um, and he got bought out and that kind of allowed me to, to refocus and rebrand, rebrand the business as Kowalski kitchen and bath and focus more on the design build side of it. Yeah. I, I guess I, 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 the, the question I asked is that, in, so the decision you made to say, we're going to do kitchens, baths, additions, we're not going to do new homes. We're not going to do like semi-custom or spec. Uh, we're not going to do flooring anymore. What led to that? The flooring business is is, is tough, right? Um, and and we we wanted to focus more on the design side and and doing things that are that are more unique and um, and and focusing more on that on that customer experience. Okay, that makes total sense. And so you putting your stamp on the kitchens and the homes and the baths in your area, and you know, kind of getting the client to experience, like get them to their dream and what they want that stuff to look like was important to you guys. 
Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, with with kitchens, baths, and remodels, you, you got to do a lot of volume, right? Especially with twenty four employees. So how many how many jobs do you typically average a year? Yeah, it's roughly around seventy. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. you know the the projects the projects seem to be getting bigger and bigger. So you know I don't have the the final numbers on on twenty. I think that might go down a bit, and I expect that to get you know, that number to get a little bit smaller every year as the projects get bigger and bigger. Right. You're still hitting the same revenue target you need. It's just less, less work needed to do it. Exactly. So, yep. so in this series, Matt, you're the first company we've talked to with a, a sizable amount of employees, 24 employees. So you've probably got a pretty unique experience here. So as you look back at March, mid-March of last year, and the total craziness and the unknown uh, that you were going through, what was some of the stuff that you and any business partners you had or co-owners you had were thinking about as relates to your employees? Well, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was an uncertain time when it all kind of happened mid March, right? Um, the phones stopped ringing, the, the, the leads kind of stopped coming in. We weren't sure exactly, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to work, right? We got, we got lucky where we, you know, we were deemed essential in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So our production crew could, could keep going. So that was nice. We had, you know, we had a, we had a couple projects, a couple whole home projects um, where the houses were empty, mm-hmm. where we could keep, keep those guys working. And then it was just a matter of kind of adapting, right? Figuring out how to keep everybody safe, figuring out what we were going to do with the office staff and, and just kind of shifting around to make it all work. Yeah. I mean, thinking about your business specifically, kitchen and bath, you got to be in the home. It's high volume. Yep. When the phone stops ringing, watch out because if it stops ringing for three months, then that's three months of you have no work in six months, right, or whatever yeah. whatever that time right. frame is. So that yep. that puts you in a really hard position because, again, if you're a new home builder, nobody's in there. You can probably keep working. Plus, you've got some time, right? Like you don't have to bang, 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 bang. But you guys are, yep. you've got to continue that sales cycle to continue to get jobs to keep everybody working. Yeah. A lot of stress. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah, it was. And, you know, we, we were we were lucky because we, we did have a, a bit of a backlog, too. So that, that really helped us out. And did did any did all those contracts stay with you or did they continue on? Because I they, know there were some did. people who lost that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we, we didn't. There, there were some conversations about people who, who you know, they were nervous. Um, and they weren't sure how, how it was all going to end. Um, uh, and I, and I had a couple different conversations with people, but in the end, they all, they all moved forward. So, you know, we, we shifted some things around, um, but, but it all worked out. So in those, really those first two, three months, um, that the phone stopped ringing and there was still that uncertainty. Did you guys have to furlough or let any employees go or, or, or what were the actuals of what happened there? You know, that, uh, there was, there was some talk around that. And and I think, um, that, that's a good question that I don't really know the answer to. I think some people took some, uh, voluntarily took some time off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that, that was pretty short lived. Uh, you know, I'm fortunate with the people that I have here. They're super understanding about how, how difficult it can be with a mm-hmm. small business and, and not having revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our revenue was down in, in, in March, uh, like 90% year over year. Right. So, mm-hmm. 
it was a challenge and, and everybody really stepped up to chip in where they could. So it was really nice. Yeah. We, we're hearing this theme in this, in this series is that as a business owner, if you've got a good culture internally with your employees or you got great relationships with your subs and vendors that, and actually your prospects and clients, right. To be on, you know, having a good communication during the sales process and those contracts that were signed or even clients that are in jobs, it helped survive this a lot more. I think the, the takeaway yep. is good relationships in, in before this yep. happened, <laughs> a little late after it happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think there's enough conversation around how important that those sub relationships are, right? Especially in times like this, you know, a, a lot of people um, tend to kind of beat up on the subs a little bit, right? And um, try and get better pricing or, or those kind of things. But you know, to us, it's, it's important that, that their businesses are profitable um, and that we can help, help them succeed too, to get these projects done on time and with the quality we expect. And was that a part of your relationship before the pandemic, you know, trying to make that clear to your subs and vendor network that, you know, you care about their profitability, their ability to run a business? Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 I talk to them often about, you know, the importance of that and, um, you know, how we can, how can we make, make each other better and help each other out, um, to make our, our, to make our end product better. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. So, so for somebody, so what are some of the things as, as you relate to how you manage your subcontractor and vendor network on a yearly basis? Do you have like meetings with the owners of your subs and vendors? Do you get them all together in a room for like a Christmas party? What are some tips for people if they don't yet have the relationship that you had that was so important to you? you know, during, during that pandemic, what, what are some of the things that you do to, to cultivate that? Yeah. I mean, I really, I just, I just reach out to them. You know, it's, it's a, we, we don't send stuff out to bid for us. It's the same guys over and over. One of them happens to be my brother, which he owns Kowalski, uh, Kowalski electric. Mm-hmm. So I uh, have yeah. a really good, yeah, it does. Yeah. And I have a really good relationship with him and, you know, don't get me wrong. There, there, there are times where there's, there's tension between us and the subs. And then I just prefer to just hammer it out. You know, if that means I, I go to a job site where I know they are, um, or I call them on the phone and just, and just talk through it and just, you know, reinforce the fact that we're all in this together. Yeah. So it's important just to drive that home. I mean, we, you don't want to treat your employees, your subs like a number because when the chips are down, like they were in March, that's, it's going to come back to bite you. Right, right. Well, that and, you know, we're, we just had a staff meeting this morning and, and I talked to everybody about the, how much we're going to need them this year with, with how busy we're, we're planning to be and, and what can we do to make their experience better mm-hmm. and, and more smooth and, and make it all happen. Yeah. I, I recommend dr- just drop off their favorite, uh, you know, beer or liquor every Friday. That'll usually yeah. (laughs) That's a little tip for me you can Uh, take. So when you talk about you and your team and your because it's such a large team as as relates to a lot of our small businesses, you know, they keep it pretty tight, three to five employees, and then they subcontract everything out. When you've got twenty four, you know, mouths to feed and employees, uh, obviously that was stressful during the during the unknown time. But let's talk about processes. Did you guys have to go remote, and did you have to implement some new ways to communicate internally? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, um, was lucky with, with the team that I have and, and they, they were all working from home. I think, I think the showroom was shut down for four or six weeks. Right. And 
um, it was clear to me right away that that they were still going to get the work done and I, I wasn't going to have to manage tasks. Right. And I was just able to still manage the outcomes mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and they got it done. So, yeah, I mean, you know, zoom has been a big part of it. Um, get, getting, uh, digital contracts signed through builder trend. Mm-hmm. has been a huge help. Um, and, and, you know, we're still kind of adapting and learning, um, on all those platforms mm-hmm. and how they're going to help us. Yeah. So, you know, having, having something like the backbone of Buildershin there was good, but just like, you know, a renewed focus on it, utilizing it, utilizing Zoom meetings. Um, as it relates to your clients, not being able to physically communicate with them, did you set up some sort of more frequent cadence or anything, or was there any changes in your client communication? No, I mean, we went as much as we can, you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing online meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's still a lot of, uh, touch and feel to this, to this business, right? People still want to come into the showroom and, mm-hmm. and touch the samples and look at it all together. But, you know, we're just, we're just trying to do as much as we can online virtually. Mm-hmm. I guess for you, the, I, I think the scariest thing might have been that sales process. I've been in sales my whole life, so I, I, maybe we'll focus there just to kind of cap this. So when the lead stopped, what did you and your sales team do? Were, was, was there any sort of proactive um, you know, paid ads or anything like that to get the, the ball rolling again? No, we, you know, we, we had a pretty full pipeline, right? So people just, people just kind of stayed the course and, and continued to follow up and, and stayed with our, with our processes that we knew and, and, and kept going the best we could. That's so great. So you guys had worked a process, out pretty well. you had a process in place already where it wasn't shooting from the hip and like, you know, somebody had their leads in like a notebook somewhere. It was all in one place and you guys just forward. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, they, they, they've done a great job of keeping, this CRM side of builder trend updated, right? Everything's there. Um, they, they can, they can work remotely and, and still kind of follow those leads through the pipeline. Yeah. And then you can see that part of it too, like who's following up and what the, you know, what the status of those proposals are. That's pretty huge. So you had mentioned exactly. this. Yeah. You guys are gearing up for a huge 2021. It sounds like, um, can you tell me a little bit about what you, what you're expecting next year? Yeah, you know, we, we, we've got a lot of, of, of really good projects lined up, um, you know, from, from a strategic standpoint. Um, we, as you know, labor, whether it's like skilled or unskilled, is basically impossible to find, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're looking at some possibly some strategic acquisitions, right? Kind of vertically integrating the whole thing. Um, so we have more control over the supply chain and the process in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lead times for product are accelerating, right? We really need to be out in front of all that, um, getting stuff ordered and hopefully having a, a little bit more control over that. Wow. That's super smart. So you guys are just trying to take whatever steps you can and everybody's in different positions, you know, in the stage of their company, the capital they have access to and the region they're in. But you guys are looking at, you know, here are the problems we know is happening because of, 
you know, the effects of COVID-19 with vendors and supplies and, and manufacturing, and you guys are taking some steps maybe to mitigate that as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, last year, uh, we made an acquisition of a, of a cabinet company in, in Milwaukee. Um, and, you know, along with the facilities that, we're, that we have there now, um, we got some of the staff which fit in really, really well here. It, it's branded on, it's under a different brand. It's under MKE cabinetry. Um, but, but those are the types of things we're, we're looking at to really get us through the next couple of years. Super smart. Well, it sounds like you guys took the initial hit, uh, and now things are looking good for 2021. So that's awesome to hear. Um, I will yeah. say, you know, for, for somebody like yourself to be a business owner during an uncertain time to have 24 employees, uh, and everybody's still employed there. I mean, that's just an amazing accomplishment. So great job by you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and really they, they deserve all the credit because they, um, like I said, there's just a talented, passionate bunch and, um, you know, it's, it's inspiring to see what, what they're doing and, and the projects we're pushing out. It's incredible. Yeah. Lessons learned really are you got to have a great culture, great relationship with your subs and vendors, uh, and some great systems to have good communication with your clients. And, and those people that have had that pre-pandemic have seemed to really weather the storm. If you don't have that yet, priority list for 2021, those three things. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right, Matt. Well, we really appreciate your time. Um, thanks for being a client of Buildertrend all these years. Uh, we, we appreciate that cool. very much. And uh, thanks for all the information yep. here. We wish you the best in 2021, man. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Take care. All right. Okay, of course, that was Matt from Kowalski Kitchen and Bath. Uh, really appreciate the time from Matt. It was a great recap of his year and what we're looking forward to in the future. Uh, next, in our Midwest region podcast, we are going somewhere closer to home for us, which is Omaha, Nebraska, uh, just south of us in Missouri and Kansas. We are going to be speaking to Dana Webb from Ashlar Homes. Uh, it's a great conversation. I won't spoil it here, so give it a listen. Can you tell me, tell me just a little bit about, or tell the audience just a little bit about uh, your company, you know, and, and then also you and your role there? Sure. Uh, we're a production builder. We build about 100 homes a year. Uh, we sell off of the furnished model homes, and we typically are the developer in the communities that we build in. Great. And how long have you guys been around? Uh, the company's been around for about six years. Okay, so fairly new. And doing a pretty pretty high volume, um, and you guys are based out of Can just outside of Kansas City, right? Yeah, I okay. guess it's been a long around longer than that. I should take that back. I've been on staff for coming up on five years. So okay, yeah. yep. And you guys are based out of Kansas City. You do about a hundred homes a year, uh, which is great. We'll definitely get in to see how you know COVID and then the the increased demand uh, of homes has affected you probably in the positive. But first. Um, Tell us your name and your role there and sort of what your day-to-day -day is, Dana. My name is Dana Webb, and I am the quality control and customer warranty part of our company. So my role is going to the homes and doing the home orientation, which is the first customer walk, and then going back to the home the day of closing and doing the final walk. So I take the homeowners through the mechanics of the home, walk them around, show them everything, and then the day of closing, I go back and we go through that. We make a punch list. And then the day of closing, we go back and mark off the things on the punch list. And then I go through and teach them how to do the warranty process. Oh, this is great. So this is really a system that we see in, again, high volume, typically production, semi-custom home uh, companies like yourself. But I think it's probably something that 
even uh, smaller volume companies, remodeling companies, new home builders uh, who are doing custom, they could probably do that because what kind of reaction do you get from homeowners? Are they very curious and relieved when you're, when you're taking them through this stuff? Very much so. I mean, you can't take for granted. You think sometimes people know the mechanics of a house or just the, how, how a house works, but generally they don't know a lot of things even where to turn off their water. And so we start in the basement and go through every single part of the house and then go to every single room and just teach them things that they may know. But if they do, that's fine. If not, I mean, even as simple as opening a window, just showing him how to do that. And, you know, you can clean it and turning off water under sinks and just little things. So if, sure. I think it makes them feel comfortable. For sure. Seriously, that's a great takeaway. So any custom builders or models that are not doing that right now, that's an easy thing. So, so tip, so take somebody through that. They've never done it before. Let me, so let me recall. So you're going to do the homeowner orientation. When does that happen in the build process? That's so that would be, that would be a week before the close date. Okay. So if we know as a construction company that we're getting close, maybe a month or two out, well, let's schedule the homeowner orientation. That's on site. That's a walkthrough, just kind of introducing them to everything uh, and then doing what you just talked about. How long does that typically take? So that first one, the home orientation takes about an hour. I got to believe that's our well worth it because it's just all customer service, right? If you can show them like one or two cool things about the house that they didn't realize or how easy it is to open this window this way and clean it out, that's got to be uh, some good mm -hmm. things that you're getting customer service wise, right? Yes. My, my, my boss was very thorough of thinking that through that then I'm the person that handles the warranty. So a lot of times during that walkthrough, I'll bring up things of this is a common warranty claim. So let me show you how to do this just in case this happens once you move into your house. So I'll talk about what possibly had come up as common warranty claims over the past five years since I've been working here. That's great. I just, I just put myself in the shoes of the new homeowner, expensive home, maybe my first time or maybe my first new new build. And, uh, you know, that's that's got to be going through my head is like, geez, this is a lot. Like what happens if this goes wrong? And you're just trying to anticipate some of those things, calm them down and then make sure they understand here's the best avenue to get is that information, because if, if they're communicating with you guys on the warranty side a million different ways, it makes your job harder, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, I walk around with an iPad and have a checklist and then we make a punch list and then we tell them at the end of everything. Now they sign off on it. And then I say, I'm going to upload this into Builder Trend. You can view this, you'll have it. And then we'll revisit it when we come back for the final walk. And the superintendent is there with me just in case there's some questions that they can answer or they need to that has been happening along the way of the construction. That's great. Again, our, our well spent from your company perspective. Have you guys ever thought about taking a video of that homeowner orientation and then uploading that to Builder Trend so that they can go back and review like all the cool yes. stuff you showed them because it's got to be a whirlwind for them. Yes, it is. We call it their fire hose. Um, mm -hmm. So it's about, it's a few months ago we had a staff meeting and my boss, Sean Wood said, that he was going to do a video of that and also a video of the most common things that come up as warranty claims because when they enter it in builder trend or if i'm talking to them on the phone trying to you know tell them on the phone how to fix something but the common things that you know fireplace there's a different way to you know get that working just do some of those videos and then i can just send it to them yeah. or people don't even know how to reset their gcfi and so just explaining that over the phone is really hard. There's a little button, you know, and so yeah. taking a video of that. Yeah. I mean, I've been in construction technology for 14 years and I still didn't know that that happened to me in my house. Like these outlets outside weren't working. And I was like, 
this is ridiculous. So I had to call my dad's friend's electrician. He literally just, I mean, he took a little pity on me. And he's just like, honestly, it's just like right here. So yeah. that's a good one to have. <laughs> that your outlet outside is one of the most common warranty claims. Yeah. Right. Because all you got to do is do the, the flip inside, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I know that now yeah. after some shame. Um, okay, great. So that's a really, yeah, send us one of those videos and you can definitely, uh, yeah, that's some good content for your, uh, for your social media and YouTube and stuff like that too. Because if, if one person has that pain point, almost everybody else does. That's kind of the, the rule of thumb. Exactly. There. So and then at the final walkthrough, the realtor, the realtors are at, we have our own sales agents. So the sales agents are at the first one. And then they come to the last one as well. Mm -hmm. And that meeting only takes about 20 minutes. So really, you know, to really like hand over the keys and make your client feel really good uh, and have a couple quick, quick wins. It's like an hour meeting and then another 20 minute meeting, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's a good takeaway. So you, you guys offer obviously a warranty. This is again, very, very common within production and semi-custom homes is uh, how long is your, your warranty? Uh, what, what is your standard deal? We follow the 210 Home Buyers Guidelines. So we do the one year of workmanship and then the two year of the systems and then the 10 year is your structural. Nice, so 210 Warranty, if, if people remember who listened to the show, we had we had them on a couple months back. They're a partner of, of ours. So um, check out the, um, I'm drawing a blank. What is our resource? Oh yeah, so check out the Marketplace in Builder Trend, you'll find 210 there, and there's a uh, there's a partnership deal we have with them, so that's cool. All right, so let's get to the topic at hand and, and why we brought you on, uh, Dana. Obviously, we wanted to hear about you and your business. You know, you having uh, a couple hundred homes and being a production semi-custom builder is going to have a different perspective than some people we've had on before that, you know, are doing, doing sort of smaller volume custom homes or remodels, so this is great. So when March of 2020, 2020 came or mid-March and we all realized that this is a real thing that's going to have a huge impact on our lives, you know, professionally and personally. Um, what was that like for, for you and the team at Ashlar? And, and can you kind of take me through some of that stuff? Sure. It affected us in ways that are the municipalities that we work with. Some of them were not ready for, for what happened and they didn't, they don't do things digital. And we pretty much do everything in Builder Trend. We have everything's loaded in there. We do as much as we can digital. So that was a hurdle that we had to overcome with them. Mm -hmm. Extra phone calls for finding out if our permits were ready, you know, because you couldn't go into those city halls. Mm -hmm. And then we had to make extra phone calls for inspections because they were either short of staff. So that was a pretty big hurdle for us. Um, we're actually pretty excited because most all of them now are online. So we're not, I was that person actually that was driving around, dropping off permits, picking up a permit, going back, scanning it in. So it saved us time in the long run because now those files are already scanned in. They email them to us and then we just upload them directly into Builder Trend. Yeah. We talk about that a lot, that inside construction and government, um, those are two uh, industries that have been really slow in adopting technology in, you know, virtual mm -hmm. meetings and, and scan documents. And so a lot of people talk about how this pandemic for all the negative that is definitely had on, you know, small businesses, restaurants, entertainment, things like that. Um, but for some, for some industries, it made that final people pushed into technology like they had to, um, where they should have probably been a few years ago. So that's, that's a good one. Um, for you guys as a company, I know there was definitely for most people that first 30 days or 60 days was pretty hairy. Nobody really knew what was going on. Did you guys see a pretty uh, quick halt in terms of your activity for leads and, and, and looking at homes for you guys? Not, not necessarily. Uh, we've no, we noticed we didn't really slow down or anything. We kind of had a steady pace going. 
We didn't slow down. Sales continued. We all kind of held our breath and waited. Uh, we did see some, like I said, the, the municipalities, and then there was some suppliers that got slowed down because of shipping or just their other states where we might have ordered things that was slowed down. But no, um, we unfortunately we know small businesses and other businesses have suffered during this. But to be honest, we've had our best year ever. Yeah. And you're not alone. We're hearing that a lot from our clients, which again, on one hand, uh, is really great. It's good for you. It's good for us. It's good for the industry. Um, and again, we always want to, as you just said, feel bad for the companies that that's not and, and do everything we can for them. But it's definitely um, been a good thing for our industry, which has been great. Now, it, for me, when I talk to our clients who, who are really good about communication, whether that's with their sub suppliers, vendors, or clients, um, most of these people were understanding about the delays that happened. Did you guys find that to be true as well? You mean with our subs for the delays or our customers? Are your customers understanding that there are delays in the in the you know the the chain of events that happens when you when you order something, supplies, things like that. Were they pretty understanding as, of their closing times kind of getting so. pushed back? Overall, I believe so because I think during that time we were all as you know as a world as a nation were scared and so there was so much unknown. But all in all, people were. The biggest thing I remember was appliances. You just couldn't find those or, mm -hmm. you know, everybody they ordered. And so there our appliance uh, supplier actually stepped up and they gave temporary ones to those homeowners, which was just, I mean, the best ever. And then, I mean, there may be a, a you know, whole different scenario when you walk in that house and you think, what did they just do? There's mm -hmm. a white one, there's a different color, <laughs> yeah. but they got, they, at least they got something and then they were supplied with it. Some people did have to wait almost five months though during that, right when things hit, they had to wait about that long before they got their, their real appliances. Wow, that is a, that's a huge um, thing that the, uh, the appliance company did for you guys, your vendor for you, that's amazing. Very much so. We just got, uh, well actually I take that back, it'll be coming, our last person will get their dishwasher next week. Which company was that, which vendor? We use Ferguson, which is factory direct. That's great. Well, shout out, out of to Kansas. Them. That's amazing. Uh, if you're mm -hmm. in Kansas around there, go support that company because they, they stepped yep. up there. That's amazing. So, you know, you guys are in Kansas and Missouri. Do you guys work in both Kansas and Missouri or just one state? Both We're close to the, to the state line. Okay. So, so when you, when you talk about regulations that came down and, and, you know, where your people could be, couldn't be your, you know, what type of equipment you need to have and safety, uh, equipment you needed to have on staff. Um, was that pretty similar between the two states? Um, or did you guys have to juggle a couple different regulations? We had to juggle a little bit uh, because Kansas wasn't as strict in the beginning as Missouri was. And then our office is in Jackson County, which uh, the county had a stricter mandate than some of our other areas. Wow. So, yeah, so we kind of had to juggle a little bit. Okay. And how'd your, how'd your company just internally um, handle communicating that with your employees? Did you guys have regular meetings or, or what did that look like for you guys? We actually, 210 provided us uh, posters and we printed out the posters and put them up in the job, we, job site. We put them up and then we put them up in our office. It was really nice. It had a hand washing thing and it, it just went through a very detailed information. So we got those out there and then just started communicating with our staff you know, we had the mask mandate uh, under, and then we had to shut down our model homes at one point. 
So then when we reopened those, we spent extra time cleaning those. I mean, we cleaned them, but even more so wiping the door handles, cleaning the surfaces. Same within our office, extra cleaning. Uh, if someone does get exposed or get COVID, they're quarantined, and then we're sensitive with the mask wearing. Okay. So the way you guys were set up as a business, did you guys regularly see your clients come in physically? Did that shift a little bit or, or, or how, how does that look for you guys? Yes. So that's one of our big changes that is, has happened. We would typically do our pre-construction meetings in our showroom. It's attached to our construction office. So people would come in there, pick out their selections. But just in the past few weeks, we've changed that to Zoom meetings. And that is a change that we're going to keep forever. We're going to do all of those that way. The, the reason is because it allows us to have the meeting recorded and then during that time, we can actually show the homeowners documents. We can make changes on CAD and other programs actually right while that meeting is going on. And then some of those changes can even just be completed as that meeting is going on. So it's really good change. Oh, wow. So that's a big improvement because otherwise you would have been in person. There Something might have been lost in communication, translation, just verbally. Uh, and then you would have to go back to your desk, make those adjustments get those things approved with another meeting or some sort of email communication. But you're saying this can just all be done in one swoop recorded service on the same page. Yeah. And if you think about it, it, it helps the homeowner and us because then you have this recorded meeting and you know, everything that's going on. And then the people that work on down the line that do the things that need to happen, they can just go back and listen to that recorded meeting. There's, we're not dropping any balls along the way. That's amazing. Cool. So yeah. that's a that's a great example of a positive coming out of this is that, you know, that that sort of push people needed into technology. And then once you actually do it, once you sort of understand the value of that accountability, the having recorded and everybody on the same page. And a lot of those are the same themes that we talk about with Builder Trend for years is why you should be using that because everybody's in the same ecosystem and everything's being recorded and, and, and documented. So there's there's definitely some advantages yeah. there. That's awesome. And it's forced mm -hmm. us to use, we've, we've used builder trend, but we're using it even more and more because so many things are more digital. And I think I would say more of our team is on board of using it. There was a few of them that were maybe were hesitant, but now they're seeing how important it is to have all that information in one. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, any other big changes that you guys saw just from, from March of this year or last year to till January this year that, that were due to COVID or some sort of result of COVID? Uh, I mean, the, the biggest ones that, I, that we noticed were that we, we had our best year ever and we don't see it slowing down already now in 2021. And then the big change was that we did make the, you know, the improvement for the pre-construction meetings. Um, those were probably our biggest ones. We are, we did learn from it from one thing we learned was to be more flexible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's been a big key uh, for all of us as, as a team to be flexible. Another thing that we did, we are going to spend the majority of our marketing budget this year on making videos that are 3d walkthrough so that a customer can see that, that house before it's even built. So that's something we've learned because you know, and then also people that don't even live around here can look at that as well. Wow, that's great. Yeah, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, utilizing video more and then sharing that with, you know, pre-construction clients, prospects, even clients during the process, just because it's a great way to communicate 
what to expect in the build, right? With that 3D stuff. So that's great. So let's talk about 2021. It sounds like you guys are going to have, you had a great year last year. Um, what do you attribute that to? Um, is that the demand? Is there just not that inventory out there? Is it interest rates? Is it a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I think that our we try we're trying to get houses to a, a good price point. Um, moving forward for the year, we're going most of our well, all of our subdivisions. We're going to own the development, like I'd mentioned, and then we're going to be the only builder in there. And we don't know of many other builders in the area that are you know focusing on just simplifying the floor plan and bringing it down to a, a more cost effective cost for the customer. Yeah. So, so what is the advantage, I guess, from, from the client's perspective of a company that is exclusive to the neighborhood, the builder and the, the developer and the only builder there? Is that just, does it create more of a cohesive neighborhood or everybody's at the same price point, you know, house-wise, is that kind of what the advantage is? Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, you have, if that developer has it, then the developer is the one that's controlling that development and, the infrastructure all goes in the, the way that they would want it. And just having, having ownership of all of that is, is a good plan from, from what my boss is, is explaining. Yeah, no, no, it makes total sense. Well, it's, yeah. it's amazing. You guys had a really good year, despite all of the different uh, hurdles we had to jump through. You guys look at 2021. Is it just more the same? Do you guys want to continue, you know, building more homes and adding staff where needed and, and that kind of thing? Yes, we actually are. Um, right now, we're currently in set. We have seven subdivisions. We're getting ready to launch a brand new subdivision. Uh, it's pretty close to our office. It's going to have about 200 homes or plus that will be in that one. And we are adding staff. Um, we are going to, one of our biggest things that we're pretty excited about is that we, um, we use Builder Trend for pretty much everything. I mean, for the warranty to do, mm-hmm. scheduling, daily logs, you know, everything we use it for. But during this time, we are going to start launching to start using the purchase ordering. Awesome. And so all of us are so excited about that because we see so many areas where it's going to cut down on cost. And yeah. so that's something that we're right now, um, they are working on in the office of getting ready to launch within the next month or two. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a big shift. I mean, by no means when you use Builder Trend and most of our 17,000 clients know this is that you don't have to use it all. Typically it comes in phases for, for companies. They're ready to sort of use another part of it. A big phase is POs. That's, that's a big one for people is that we're going all in on the financials and there's so many different efficiencies that are created by doing it all virtually. So we're excited for you on that one. Um, you know, uh, in the upcoming 2021 year, we're going to have hopefully Builder Trend University, our physical, um, you know, sessions we have once a month here in Omaha, two day sessions, deep dives, you know, some companies bring like three or four people in. So look out for that. Maybe we'll have you up here in Omaha, have a beer with you when we open things back up. We're all looking for that, but it sounds like Dana, that you and the team at Ashlar are going to have a great year. We're super excited for you guys. You know, thank you for coming on and and giving us your story. It was great to hear you guys have a different, unique perspective with your volume. Um, And where can we find more information about you? If if I'm in the Kansas city area, you guys have a website, I assume. We do. It's uh ashlerholmeskc.com mm-hmm. and you guys have, we have, a, we have a facebook page yes, okay yeah, i was gonna do. say so social media where, where do you guys like to post on social media most is it facebook typically yeah that's pretty much all that we're doing right now our sale we have an internal sales team we have a sales team of five that work you know our realtors and then a sales manager and they're the ones that do most of that 
okay. you know, of the posting and getting information out there. Cool. We'll check you guys out on Facebook, uh, maybe some other social media next year, and we'll be on the lookout for those 3D, 3D walkthroughs of those houses. Yeah, I'm excited about those. <laughs> All right. Well, Dana, <laughs> thank you again so much. Uh, and we appreciate you and, and your business and we wish you the best in 2021. Thank you. We appreciate you guys too. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of The Building Code. Make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, head out to Facebook and join The Building Code crew. And finally, drop me a line at podcast at buildatrend.com. We want to hear from you, suggestions on guests or topics, anything. Thanks so much for joining and appreciate you.